Hello, my name is Diana Castro and you've tuned in to Leaders with a Mission. And if you are a woman in corporate America and you wanna up-level your leadership and you know have more meaningful success, the person I have here today will be a treat for you, so stay tuned. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Patricia Arboleda and she's a successful certified executive and leadership coach. She's a former Fortune 500 senior executive and her mission is to close the gender gap in senior level roles. She helps women accelerate their success, take their careers to the next level and courageously build the futures that they want and deserve. And with you, Patricia. Hey, how are you, Diana? How are you doing? I'm super happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. No, it's my pleasure. I'm super excited to be here with you and having this conversation. I know. I love that while we were behind the scenes, we were kind of talking about like the main thing that like you're really passionate about. So, but before we get into that conversation, tell me a little bit about you and how you became this executive uh, coach for women entrepreneurs. Of course. So I was uh, 25 years in corporate, uh, moving up the ladder and um, living in different uh, regions, countries, uh, leading multicultural teams. And although I really enjoyed my job, uh, one of the things that I mostly enjoyed was to be able to uh, help people transform and grow. So um, because I'm passionate about that and I want to make a difference when I turn 50, I decided that it was time for me to uh, move on and do something that uh, was more aligned with my purpose. And so I started working on um, putting together or uh, opening my, my, starting my business and uh, to focus on helping women and uh, Latinos and in general um, so that they didn't have to go through their careers feeling burned out or exhausted as I once did. Beautiful. So tell me about this desire to support women into a higher level of meaningful success, because I, I that's the part that is key here. It's not about success for the sake of success. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how do you define that? In every coaching engagement that I have, or every time that I work with an, a woman or a group of women, the first thing that we work on is on understanding what's their definition of success. Because you know, I mean, your definition of success is different than my definition of success. And sometimes um, when women say, I wanna be a VP of whatever, or I wanna grow into um, this different role, I always want to understand why. And uh, so that's why they need to start by understanding and connecting with their own definition of success, not what people expect from them, uh, which is one thing that as women, we have the tendency to do. We have the tendency to focus on um, trying to do what everybody is expecting us to do. So uh, we start with understanding, okay, this is what I want. This is what brings me uh, purpose. This is what I want to achieve. And then we start working on how to achieve it. I love it. And what is to you, in your opinion, and we were talking about this before, is to you, what is the number one paralyzer that stops women from achieving their next level of success? So um, I'm going to answer the question in two ways, okay? Because the first thing that we do after we understand what is their definition of success, we work on understanding what is stopping them from getting there. 
okay? And the first thing that we find is that we all have a lot of limiting beliefs. And the beliefs that we have about ourselves and, and the things that we have been told and society and everything, that all is, becomes a limiting belief. And so one of those limiting beliefs is the need to be perfect or the belief of not being enough. And that's kind of, I call it the root cause of uh, not being able to advance where we want to, to go. And therefore, um, the next thing that I do um, after we define success is understand and become aware of what are your limiting beliefs. Normally, no matter what the belief is, it goes down to, I'm not enough. So we work on reframing and changing and rewiring that um, not being enough. And that really is a way to uh, empower and, and grow. I love that you're touching the subject of perfectionism and not being enough. To me, they're kind of like the same in one. Mm -hmm. Like the, the feeling that to me, it, perfectionism is this constantly fear of like you're not good enough like the fear of feeling not good enough because it's never good enough like it's never perfect you never arrive you're always uh, you don't get to enjoy the journey because it's re really it's never perfect right so what is your approach um with someone who kind of encounters this monster that i feel it's it's embedded in a lot of women and in the cultural uh, among women yeah so Believe it or not, I mean, I've coached and worked with hundreds of women, no matter the um, level they are in their career. Normally women, I'm going to say more than 90% of the women that I've worked with have perfectionism or suffer from perfectionism. And I'm, I am one um, and I perfectionist and what I call myself is a perfectionist in recovery because I'm working my way out of uh, that trap, I'm gonna say, call it. And um, so we were talking about the limiting beliefs and where does that not feeling enough comes from is basically from the things that you are told when you're little. And as women, when we are little, we're always told that we need to be the best at everything that we do, that you need to have always the best grades, that you need to be uh, the one giving the example to all your uh, brothers and sisters. Um, all of that pressure that comes from, I mean, very young age. And uh, when you don't have the best grades or when you don't have like the achievement that everybody is expecting from you, you start feeling that it's not enough. And that is where that feeling of not being enough comes from. Normally, more than, I mean, I'm going to say 90% of everything that we have in our brains is in our subconscious mind. Um, the, all the neurological connections are created there uh, when we are around nine years old. So that's why, okay, it's very important um, to understand where it comes from uh, to be able to notice that that's not real anymore because it's something that you interpreted from something that you were told when you were very little. And um, if it is not real now, why are you letting it um, hold you back? The thing is that because it is, it is subconscious, normally you're not able to make decisions because you don't, you, you're not aware of it. So the first thing that we need to do is being aware of where it comes from 
okay, to be able to rewire, change, and then... And that's like your special sauce. Like yes, that's what you love to do yes, with women. Yes, I love it because, I mean, the transformation is amazing. Um, women come to me saying, I want to be more self-confident, right? And I say, well, the first thing that we need to do is understand that it's not confidence what you're looking for is courage. Mm. And that's why uh, my motto is don't be perfect, be courageous, right? Because we need courage to make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to uh, do everything it takes to become aware and then rewire. And once you do that, it's amazing the, 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 connection that you get with your inner power because the power is there it's it's within you right it's just a matter of letting it be and let it happen i i remember um <laughs> i was telling you about four years ago i was talking about perfectionism online like i was actually making videos about perfectionism because a lot of the women we work with mm -hmm. in camera um they want to be perfect and i remember like feeling like but for perfect, like I would, I would argue the fact that perfect feels fake. Like if you're too perfect and it's too awkward, like people want to see the funny and the, like the perfect imperfection that you are and your quirks and your, you know, and like the weird, <laughs> we want to see your weirdo, right? Exactly. And uh, like getting women to kind of like understand that was so difficult for them. Like I remember my husband was like, oh, um, you're going to talk about perfectionism? Oh my God, like, be careful because a lot of women will reject you for you. Like, and I was like, oof, but it's a tough, someone has to be talking about it mm -hmm. because we, we have a huge opportunity to give people more freedom, more leniency to be themselves. What do you often find women who are encountering with perfectionism? When you have witnessed their transformation, what has been that aha moment for you? What, what do you think is the reframe that they're making? So the reframe is understanding that their belief is not true. Their belief of not being enough is not true. Once they understand that, and once they find evidence that that belief is not true, and they're able to kind of like um, understand what the reality is, that they're more than enough, that they're powerful, that they have a lot uh, to give, that they have an important value proposition to offer, that their uniqueness is beautiful, uh, whatever that is, then they feel empowered and the level of perfectionism starts like reducing. Now, it takes time and it takes a lot of work, um, but, but it's important to do it. And for us, I mean, you have daughters, right? Yes. So, for us and and then for the people that have daughters it's very important to become aware of that because um, the daughters our daughters today are really faced with one additional thing that we were not facing before which is social media and everybody needs to or wants to be so perfect in social media that that adds another level of pressure on top of these teenagers and um, if you i mean I call perfectionism as the um, invisible um, ceiling for us to be able to advance. And perfectionism doesn't only impact us in the, our careers, but also in our personal lives and everywhere. So if we can make a difference to 
the young girls that are now growing into adults to lessen up that level of pressure that they're putting on themselves. Um, it's it's going to make a huge difference for them in their lives. So we need to really become aware of that and, and start working with them. I, I love that you're mentioning that because it gives us a, a more perspective on on this new generation. But then I can also hear in the back of my head, like people going, people who are like cheerleaders of perfectionism because they have, they have been trained to feel that perfectionism is the ultimate, most valuable asset. Like your perfectionism, you always want things done right. What is the alternative? If, if perfectionism isn't it, then what do they, what, what do they grab on to allow them to have more ease and peace and, 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 and flow in their life? So you, I mean, we were talking be, uh, before about this and, and what's really important is to thrive for excellence, right? Um, and when you do, basically you're looking to do always your best. In fact, I don't know if you've uh, read the four agreements, um, but one of them is always give your best, do your best. And uh, if you think about the growth mindset, the growth mindset is all about not uh, rewarding the result, but rewarding the effort, mm -hmm. okay? So when we start working on all of those things together, um, then we're basically always trying to do our best, always doing the best we can and, and I mean, in the process. And the result, whatever that is, is still going to be a success because that's the other thing. We need to be able to see failure in a different perspective. Uh, what When we are uh, perfectionists, we think that failure is the worst. I mean, that, and we fear, the fear of failure is one of the things that really becomes like the thing that stops us from moving forward. And when you see failure and you as an opportunity to grow, to learn a different way of doing things, to um, see or, or learn a different perspective, and you kind of like destigmatize or take the stigma out of the failure, then you, you, you're free to, to do things and no, because you know that no matter what, you're gonna win. It's going to be a win. I love it. Anyways. I, I, and as you were saying that, I remember something that I recently heard, which was something like um, a company reframed the mind of the salespeople. And instead of telling them you have to make X amount of sales, mm -hmm. what they ask them to do, because they understand that sales in that particular industry is all about the numbers, like how much people they, they, they reach. They're like, you're supposed to get... 20 no's every day. Like that was their goal. Their goal was not to have five sales. Their, their goal was to achieve a certain amount of no's because they knew that in the process of getting the no, they were going to find the person that said, yeah, I, I totally want that. Mm -hmm. So they reframe no as like, that's your win. Mm -hmm. And I love that perspective, especially as an entrepreneur for me, because it's like, if it can feel very defeating when people are saying no, but what if no was another step closer and, and no defining it as like failure, right? Like the no or, or the stop, instead of looking at it as like, oh, nobody wants me. It was more like I'm closer because I'm closer to the amount of no's I have to get to get the yeses. I love it. In fact, one of the exercises that I do when I'm the, uh, doing the coaching or in, one, in my programs um, is to uh, get people comfortable with the no. 
And, uh, and so I asked them to go and ask for things that are kind of crazy. And uh, they know that they might get a no for an answer, but it's okay. They need to start feeling comfortable they with it. They need to explore the uncomfortableness exactly. Exactly. to get comfortable mm -hmm. with it so that they can go to the next level that they deem um, success. And, and if you think about it, for example, in negotiation for women, uh, women um, are hesitant to ask for a raise, for example, because what if they say no? And I always ask them, yeah, but what if they say yes, right? Uh, it would be great, right? And, and when they start thinking in that way, I always tell them, ask yourself the other question. Try to train your brain to ask the, the other positive, positive question. Uh, what could happen if it works? What could happen if um, you, I love it. you are super successful doing or taking the risk? I mean, it's more, you're going to win a lot more than what you think you're going to lose by not doing it. So, yeah. I love it. I remember when you were saying that, it reminded me of, I heard someone really wise once said, if you ask, you are now 50% into a yes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, why? And they're like, yeah, because if you don't ask, it's already a no. Like, you don't ask, you already have a no absolute. If you ask, you have a 50% chance because there's only yes or no. Mm -hmm. What if they say yes? So that truly has been one of the things that I use myself whenever I come to a situation and I'm like, oh, should I do this? And it's like, what if they say yes? Like, what do I got to lose? Exactly. So I love that giving ourselves a different framework of how to look at things mm -hmm. to achieve the things that we want, to at least pursue them. And, and, and that um, not getting comfortable with what the status quo is. And that's a very um, interesting thing that, that uh, we also need to consider is we get comfortable in the status quo, right? And my role as a coach, for example, when I'm working with uh, women is to push them to get out of the comfort zone. And sometimes um, they say, no, but I don't feel comfortable. And I give them the homework, you know, you need to go and do it. And, and one of the most rewarding things is that more than 70% of the women that go through the program or that get promoted. And so that's amazing. And that's the, the knowing that they're having those wins is like, there's nothing better than that. It gives me goosebumps every time they call me, I got it, or I, I got the job that I wanted, or look at what I'm doing. And so that's like, Icing in the cake. Yes, it's beautiful. I love that you're saying all of this. Like, let me ask you this staple question in this show, and that is, what is your personal definition of leadership? Okay, for me, leadership is um, allowing yourself to be authentic, is allowing yourself to be vulnerable, and to love the people that you lead. Um, because that's what will make a difference for you as a leader. Um, the other thing is, with leaders nowadays, what really does make that or creates the level of engagement that we want as leaders uh, and the people is to have the people around us to be clearly motivated and, and really loving what they're doing. So we need to help them connect with purpose. And uh, we also need them to be able to ask questions and let them find the answers instead of telling them everything they need to do. That's leadership. 
I love it. I got from what you were talking and what I got from you is that your um, definition or, or the way that you lead this woman is by allowing them to self-discover, mm -hmm. allowing them to go inside of themselves and find what is true to them so that they can find the way to find their own meaningful version of success, mm -hmm. um, which can be or cannot be whatever they originally had in mind. For giving them permission to choose on their own what is their own path and to create the steps. And that's, I think, where you come into play as a coach, that you allow them to have the techniques and the strategies that could lead them to their final destination. That's what I'm like reading between the lines. Yes, exactly. You got it. <laughs> so one of the things that um, I was thinking while you were talking is I remember once um, I was working uh, with a VP for Latin America and she's Latina and she called me because she was having issues with time management. Okay. And uh, so we started working and yes, time management was an issue. So we did all the work on time management. And then little by little, we started uncovering the real root cause of her issues with time management. And, um, and it was nothing but the perfectionism because she wasn't delegating, because she was doing things more than once. And then all of that was basically Stopping her. Stopping her. And so little by little, once she discovered that, she also discovered that she was stopping herself from applying to a different job that she wanted. And so she started with time management. But little by little, with all the work, she was discovering the real things that she needed to work on and then found her way to do what she really wanted to do. So time management was the symptom, not exactly, the cause. Exactly, exactly. I love it. That's beautiful. And then with all this leadership conversation, I wonder what books are you reading that are feeding your soul? Like, what are you like consuming? What are you filling your mind and your heart with? So um, I read a lot of books at the same time, actually. <laughs> I have uh, many. And um, at this moment, I'm, I'm reading one about the uh, imposter syndrome for Val from Valerie Young. Um, and it's basically, I'm reading it because imposter syndrome is also one of the consequences of perfectionism. So I'm interested on, on really understanding a little bit more. The other one that I uh, read, and I mean, I recommend a lot is I Am Enough from Marisa Peer. And um, don't. And the the next one is feel the fear and do it anyway, um, because all of those things will have a huge impact on really owning our own, own power. Yeah, and, and owning our own blockage. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay, thanks, and like continuing. Beautiful. So. Before we leave, we must know where can we get more of you? Where can we find your information? Where can people get in touch with you? Of course, so I have my, well, they can always uh, find me on uh, LinkedIn, Patricia Arboleda, Executive Coach. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Arboleda Coaching, and then my website, Arboleda Coaching, or they can email me, Patricia at arboledacoaching.com. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for oh, being here pleasure. and for sharing how you support women. I love, love, love everything that you're doing. So now my invitation is for you. If you are looking to amplify your visibility and to spread kindness and goodness to the world with the power of video, I'm going to invite you to visit us at fourproductions.com and I'll see you on the next one.